Welcome back to the Eagles Updates Podcast, where we discuss everything Eagles and NFL related. I'm your host, Darian Capobianco, and I'm ready to give you my latest updates and opinions. How's it going, everyone? I'm Darian Capobianco, joined by Joe Tuman, special guest. And today we'll be giving our thoughts about, you know, the conclusion of the NFL draft over the weekend. You know, we'll be giving our superlatives, everything like that. So you want to introduce yourself, Joe? Absolutely. What's up, guys? Appreciate you having me on today. Darian, uh, big NFL fan right here. Love watching the draft. I'm not an Eagles fan. I apologize for that. I'm a Packers fan, although I am from the Philly area. Love the other Philly teams. But I am more than happy to talk about how great of a draft that the Eagles had over the past week. Absolutely. But first, before we get into that, we're going to talk about the first overall pick from the Jacksonville Jaguars. There's been a, a little bit of controversy about this pick from NFL fans. So just quickly, let's get our thoughts on this. What do you think about Trayvon Walker going number one? I will say that, you know, I, I usually try to do my homework a little bit after the college season. I'm more of an NFL guy myself, so I'm not going to kill the pick at all. But I will say from what I was following the mock drafts throughout the year, it seemed like Trayvon Walker had a very quick uh, sprint up to the top of the top of the order, and the Jags followed through on that when they did take him, the Georgia defensive end over guy like maybe Aiden Hutchinson or even Evan Neal, some other guys who were floated out as possible number one picks. I think for the Jags, it's an interesting pick because you know they already have Josh Allen, so in theory they could now have two top tier pass rushers if Trayvon Walker comes through. I think you know with Trent Baalke in place as the GM of the Jags, you're always going to be questioning some of the moves they make. But you know this is their second straight year with the number one pick. Um, you have Lawrence coming back on offense. You know you're going to hope he bounces back. Now that he has a good coach and former Eagles Super Bowl winning coach Doug Peterson. So we'll have to see how that goes. But I'm not going to kill the pick. But I was definitely surprised. I wasn't surprised in the moment because I knew he was going to get picked there. But I was surprised in the weeks leading up to the draft when all of a sudden he was at the top of the board. Yeah, he certainly did make a, a really rapid rise right. to the top, especially right. after the combine, after all the teams, you know, got, mm -hmm. got a hold of his measurables and all that. But I think it's for good reason. You know, at Georgia, they used him a lot of different ways. And I'm, I feel like this was a good pick for the Jaguars. I feel like it was the best fit. I don't know. I, I know Hutchinson is good. Yeah. But I feel like Trayvon Walker will end up having a better career than Hutchinson. And I know that's a lot to say now, but I think with the way Jacksonville can be flexible with him, you know, at, at Georgia, he originally started as a DT, kind of slimmed down a little bit in the past year, slid over to edge. And they also use him at linebacker a lot. So they can use him in a bunch of different ways. Very versatile player. Uh, one of the most versatile players in the draft, I think. So I think this is a good pick and a good fit. And depending on the way they use him, I could definitely see this being, a, you know, the a good pick for number one. I uh, also want to touch, they they did draft Devin Lloyd at 27 after trading back into the first round. I also think that was a great pick. Uh, he's such an athletic linebacker, and I, I feel like he's going to have kind of a Micah Parsons-esque rookie season. Maybe not winning defensive rookie of the year, but he definitely has some of those comparisons to Micah. What do you think about that pick? Well, Micah Parsons, I think, is a, a hard barrier to cross for Devin Lloyd. Micah Parsons, you know, we saw him come into the league. We expect to be inside linebacker, but he wound up being like, an inside linebacker, but a pass rusher at the same time. He was an absolutely uh, crucial part of Dallas's defense, their turnaround last year. I wouldn't put those expectations on Devin Lloyd, but with Miles Jack leaving the team, I think uh, jo Joe Schubert left the year before as well. There's a clear hole uh, at the inside linebacker position for the Jags. And when you pair him with, oh my God, I'm scared I'm going to butcher his name, but 
Aluakon, I'll just leave it at Aluakon, from the former Falcons linebacker coming in. All of a sudden, the, the Jags could have two really solid uh, linebackers to stop the run, improve that defense. And we know the only time the Jags made the playoffs really in the last decade was when their defense was absolutely elite. They helped me win my fancy championship that year. So much love to that 2017 Jags team. But, you know, I look at Devin Lloyd, I think it's a good pick at 27, especially with Quay Walker off the board. I think it was the, the clear pick for them there in terms of an inside linebacker. And, you know, with them addressing the offense a lot in the offseason and free agency, I thought defense was the right direction to go in this draft. And that's what they did. So I think that's a good pick as well. Devin Lloyd was a solid pick. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, that front seven is really coming together now for Jacksonville with the additions of uh, Aluakon, as you said. Now Devin Lloyd, Trayvon Walker. They also signed Folorenzo Fatikazi. Really like that pick. So that front seven is really coming together for them and could be kind of dangerous there. But now we're going to transition over to who we think had the best draft overall. Who do you think had the best draft? Well, I know we're going to get the Eagles. This is an Eagles podcast, and they're definitely up there. But part of that is because of the big trade. But in terms of pure picks, I think the Baltimore Ravens, once again, they seem to do this every year, had a huge draft. You know, they take Kyle Hamilton at number 14. A lot of people thought that they were going to take Jordan Davis, but uh, I believe they traded up as well to to where they were going to get what they maybe have thought would have been Jordan Davis, but they take Kyle Hamilton instead, best safety in the draft for sure, out of Notre Dame. You know, he's been getting maybe some comparisons to Jamal Adams, and I know people have soured on Jamal Adams, but I think the when Jamal Adams was his peak, he was a really impactful, versatile defensive player on the Jets, and I think in the Ravens system, that type of player can be a lot more effective you pair him with Marcus Williams coming over from the Saints. That's two great safeties. There's rumors that they might trade Chuck. They might trade Chuck Clark now because they have their safety tandem going forward. And Chuck Clark's a solid player, but I don't think he has. Uh, I don't think he's on the level of those other two guys. So I think that was a great pick at 14. And then they, the Cardinals. Don't ask me what they were doing there. I don't even know what just happened with that. Uh, that, it, that was, yeah, that was crazy. Bizarre trade by the Cardinals to trade their first-round draft pick. A team, the Cardinals needed defensive help for sure. They give up their first-rounder for Hollywood Brown, who's an okay player. He actually, I was surprised he had 90 catches last year. But I think that was like less about his talent and more about the opportunity. He's a solid player. But to give up a first-rounder for him, I didn't understand. So the Ravens get a first-rounder, and they take Tyler Linderbaum, who – I'm not going to pretend like I've been scouting him, but just watching that tape on Jeff, now he was destroying guys on that O-line for Iowa. And the Ravens, Bradley Bozeman, departed the team. They needed a center. I think this is an upgrade. I think I think Linderbaum's going to jump in and be already better than guys they've had at center in the past. I think he's going to be a huge addition. And even looking at the rest of the draft, David Ajabu, the Michigan linebacker, you know, the injury made him drop, but he was going to be a top 20 pick. So that could be a great value pick for the Ravens. The tight end, Isaiah Likely, they have Marcus, um, not Marcus Andrews, Mark Andrews, of course. So maybe they don't necessarily need a tight end. But at the same time, the Ravens traditionally, whether it was with Hayden Hurst, Nick Boyle, they like to have that, versati- that versatility with the tight end position since they're primarily a run team. So I think another tight end and Likely from uh, Coastal Carolina, a really cool school. I love, that's a cool school right there. But they take him and then they take Jordan Stout, the Penn State punter. In the fourth round, you know, you might say drafting a punter in the fourth round is a little goofy, but Jordan Stout's a stud. Uh, he wasn't a good kicker necessarily, but that's not what he's going to be in the NFL. He's going to be a great punter, and pairing him with Tucker just improves that Ravens special team. So I thought they had a great draft. I completely agree. I think the Ravens honestly killed it with this draft. They had so many picks. This is one of the like most picks I've ever seen, honestly. But um, 
I do like the Ravens draft, but I'm going to have to go with the Jets. Uh, you know, they had three first round picks. Uh, they took Sauce at four, who I think is one of the best corner prospects in recent memory. I mean, never allowed a touchdown in his collegiate career. What else can you say about that? He's He has all the tangibles. He's going to be a great pick in New York. He just fits the Big Apple. Um, we're going to go with Garrett Wilson at 10. My personal wide receiver one. Love that pick. Uh, now we'll have Wilson to Wilson, so that'll be fun to watch. I, I think that was a great pick. They absolutely, I think A pluses from both of those picks. And then you trade back into the first round, select Jermaine Johnson, edge out of Florida State at 26. That's a huge steal. I mean, he was projected to go top 12. I don't know how he was there at 26, but definitely a great, great pick there. Then we move into the second round. Brees Hall, you know, this was the first pick where I was like, okay, Jets, like, what are you doing? But after further thought, I was like, okay, I could see it because, you know, they have Michael Carter and Carter's good, but um, Brees Hall can definitely transition into that third down back, which is kind of what the Jets need. I think he's one of the best receiving backs in the draft. Uh, a bit surprising he went over Walker, but probably because of that receiving threat is why he went. I do like Brees Hall at Iowa State. Uh, in a normal draft, maybe he could be a first-round pick. So this, this, is a, this is a good pick there. Uh, moving to the fourth, uh, it's it's obvious that the Jets really made it a point this offseason to revamp that tight end room. You know, they added Uzama and Conklin, and now they select Jeremy Ruckert of Ohio State. Underrated tight end prospect. I think he's going to fit really well. Maybe they can run some three tight end formation there. But they, they definitely have flexibility at the tight end position. That's always good to have. And finally, the last pick we're going to touch on for them, Max Mitchell in the fourth. I think he's a pretty underrated prospect. It, it was a good pick to pick him in the fourth round, I think. He didn't reach. Um, he has good size, 6'6". Six, six, could end up becoming a pretty solid player. So I think the Jets are definitely at the top of the teams who had uh, really good drafts, both the Jets and the Ravens. I would agree with that. Uh, but on the flip side of that, who do you think had the worst, one of the worst drafts? I hate saying worst, but who do you think? You know, I have to, and worst, like you said, might be a harsh term because this guy, you know, he's proven himself to be, he has the reputation where criticizing him probably isn't the best thing to do. But Patriots, Bill Belichick, I was confused with a lot of things they did. You know, we heard... We heard Sean McVay and Les Snead talking about Cole Strange, the, the Patriots' first-round draft pick. They said they loved the guy, but they were disappointed because they thought they were going to be able to get him in the third round. The Patriots take him in the first round, the Chattanooga guard. Uh, you know, the Patriots have always made their offensive line a priority. They trade Shaq Mason away in the offseason. I, I really was I was really confused by this offseason the Patriots had even in free agency because last, last year Belichick made it a point to spend money to bring guys in but then he wouldn't spend the money to keep some of his best players like J.C. Jackson and Shaq Mason on the team. So I just thought that was really strange, and I guess he's going to hope Cole Strange can step into Mason's former role. They also lost Joe Tunney a couple years back, so trying to revamp the O-line right now. But, you know, not necessarily a bad player, but kind of a reach. Then they take Tyquan Thornton, Baylor wide receiver. Not necessarily – I didn't know much about him, but you were telling me, like, not a bad pick, but he went over guys like George Pickens and Sky Moore, who I think a lot of people – considered to be better receiving prospects than them. You know, the Patriots, they also just traded for Devontae Parker. So, you know, decent receiver room, but I don't think they have a clear-cut top guy, and I don't think Tyquan Thornton's going to be that either necessarily. Then they take two corners, Marcus Jones and Jack Jones, to join Jonathan Jones for the trio of Joneses in the cornerback room of the Patriots. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I've – once again, these are not necessarily bad picks, but, you know, two five – foot eight and five foot ten corners both under six feet you know being a corner it's it's kind of hard for those short corners to be some of the top in their positions because going against a guy 
a good receiver who's tall, I mean, it's going to be hard to cover them with such a height disadvantage. I'm not saying they're not going to work out. They might be good players. Maybe I'll be eating my words, but just two corners, one, I'm not sure if they needed two because that cornerback room, they've got a lot of guys, even after losing J.C. Jackson, they still have a lot of players in the corner room. So I'm not totally sure why they need to take two corners there. And then they take two running backs as well. And the Patriots running back room, it's been a it's it's a bit of a meme in the fancy community how many guys they use. But now they have so many guys. They take uh, Pierre Strong at the running back in the fourth round. They also take Kevin Harris. I don't know much about him, I'll be honest, but take him in the sixth round. They join, you know, who we got? Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Ty Montgomery they now have signed. They've got so many running backs. Uh, and, you know, it's going to make fancy – Fancy football players' lives a living hell for sure. Now, I'm not saying they're bad picks because of fancy football, but and I actually think the Pierre Strong pick is fine. I think he could really help them. He could be – I don't know much about his profile, but he's definitely – he's a faster running back, and I think that's a good counter – counter um, good way to balance out Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. So I don't think that pick on its own is necessarily bad. But, you know, a lot of – with both the corner room and the running back room, I don't think they need to exceed so many picks um, on those – on those positions. And then finally, Bailey Zappi, the quarterback, you know, I don't necessarily think there was a bad thing about this, but, and it was a fourth round pick. So I don't know if like, I just don't see him getting on the field, you know, I, maybe they cut Stidham, but they also have Brian Hoyer who they did re-sign. So they kind of committed money to him. Bill Belichick loves him. And Mac Jones is the unquestioned starter. So I don't know. You saw Carson, we'll get into Carson Strong. We talking about the Eagles. Like why not just pick up an undrafted free agent quarterback like that? If you really want another guy, in the quarterback room. So I don't think the Patriots, you know, I don't think they set their franchise back 10 years. So we trust Bill Belichick. I'm sure some of these guys will wind up being studs, but just because that's how the Patriots roll. But the other stat I saw was none of the players besides Tyquan Thornton were under the age of 22. They had all these players except Thornton are 23 or older. So they're already kind of, I did not even know that. Wow. I saw that on Twitter. I mean, it's just a stat I picked up, but, you know, that's kind of weird because the draft, you're supposed to be bringing in young talent. They got guys who are already the age of some of these. Like if you look at the Jags' more recent prospects, for example, they're all young. The Patriots are bringing in guys who are already, you know, some, at the same age of guys like, you know, four years into their NFL career. So I was a little confused by that, but we'll see how it works for Belichick. No, I think we were all a little bit confused, especially on day one after that Cole Strange pick, but maybe you just got to trust Bill Belichick. He, he, I mean, he knows what he's doing. It's Bill Belichick. At the same time, I'm, I'm going to go with the Saints here, the New Orleans Saints, for who I think had one of the lesser impactful drafts. Um, we'll start with Chris Olave at 11. I mean, I don't hate Chris Olave at all. I, I think he's going to develop into a fine slot receiver in the NFL. I think he's going to do really good. But at the same time, you take him over Jamison Williams, and you traded up for him when I think you probably could have just stayed where you were and picked him anyway. So I think that was, that was a little bit strange. Um mainly the part that you took him over Jamison Williams. I mean, Williams I had as my wide receiver too. And I believe Olave, I think, could be fourth or fifth best receiver in the class. So it's not that I hate Chris Olave. I just think there was a better player immediately available in Jamison Williams who got taken the pick right after by the Lions. Um, Their second uh, first-round selection, they took Trevor Penning. And I got to be honest, I don't like this pick. He he kind of got pushed around a lot at the uh, Senior Bowl. He's a, he's a little bit older as well, as you were saying with the, some of the Patriots picks. Um, you know, the Saints did need a left tackle, so maybe he could develop into some really good tackle prospect. But at the same time, 
he's getting pushed around by the likes of the Eagles own fifth round pick Kyron Johnson at the senior bowl. So that's, that's a little bit of a concern. So I think especially with a quarterback like Jameis coming off of an injury, like he had it, you, you kind of have to get someone better to protect Jameis when the season comes around. Um, and with this second round pick, they took Alante Taylor, a cornerback. Um, not that this is a bad pick, but I think it's a, just a little bit of a reach. You know, I think there were some better players available. And I know that the the Saints did kind of need to address the secondary, which is a good thing. They did address it. But I think it's, again, just a little bit of a reach. Um, not that Taylor, out of, I think he's out of Tennessee. I don't think he's bad or anything, but just, just a, a slight bit of a reach. Um, but I will give them this, though. They did select DeMarco Jackson in the fifth out of App State. I absolutely love Jackson. I think he's going to be one of the diamonds in the rough of the draft, one of the biggest steals. So that that is a good pick there but overall i i wasn't a big fan of their first three picks yeah and i would just add on to the saints you're talking about the trevor penning pick just briefly i just think the saints are kind of denying the truth of their team i think they want to build the team as if they're still contending and have these older players but i don't see the saints making the playoffs next year whatsoever so i would say that about their draft as well i 100 percent agree with that take uh but now enough talking about other teams let's let's move into our teams oh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the Eagles. Um, what do you think about the Eagles draft coming from a non-Eagles fan? Oh, I it was amazing. Like, I actually made a whole uh, YouTube video about it. Part Well, not, it was not only about that, but I led my YouTube video about the draft with the Eagles draft because I thought they killed it. Like I was saying earlier, I don't think they have the best draft in terms of picks because one of the main reasons it was such a great day for them is because they traded for A.J. Brown. They traded that number 18 pick. It's funny because the big the big thing for the Eagles in the offseason, we have three first-round picks. They wind up only using one of them, but I think it was the right call because now they got a pick next year with the Saints trade, and then they get a real receiver, an impact receiver. He's only 24, A.J. Brown. Give him the contract extension. They take Jordan Davis, who seems to be, by all accounts, the best interior defensive lineman in the whole draft. And even though the Eagles do have a good defensive line, as I'm sure you're aware, you know, and this is something my fellow, my Eagle friend, my Eagle fan friends have pointed out to me. It was like, yeah, we do have a good D line, but they're kind of getting older and bringing a, a potential all pro guy like Jordan Davis to the team is really going to help. And that kind of swayed me because originally I was saying they probably should have taken Kyle Hamilton, but I quickly realized I was wrong about that. Yeah, I've heard a lot of backlash about that Jordan Davis pick. Uh, people thinking when we traded out that we were going to select Kyle Hamilton, but the reason. I've been telling everyone the reason we traded up to select Jordan Davis is because the Ravens were going to, right. and he's our guy. You know, Howie Roseman has his guys, and when he has his guys, he's going to do whatever it takes to get them. Guys like I know exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't even get me started. Um, but I, I do really like that Jordan Davis pick. I, I'm gonna give it a plus grade right off the bat. I, I he's he's gonna be such a stud. He's I believe six six and three forty pounds running with a four seven eight. That's unheard of. Oh my gosh, he's going to be such a force in the NFL. I mean, watching tape, Alabama had to triple team him just to get him off the ball. That's that's crazy. That's unheard of. Yeah. So I think, especially you know, he, he'll play this year, but he's going to mainly you know be learning under Fletch and with the, with the way the Eagles run their defense in general, I think it's a great pick because I believe now we have the best D line in football. We have arguably two starting lineups of defensive yeah. players on that yeah. front four. Yeah. So that's that's it's insane. I, I really like this draft. I'll just say that the Javon Hargrave fit with Jordan Davis long term. I think Jordan Davis, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be the kind of 
get it done in the trenches, and he'll. We already see Hargrave get a lot of sacks last year, and he'll make it even easier for Hargrave to get to the quarterback going forward. Exactly, Davis is that kind of player that just makes everyone around him better. Yeah. And he's only a rookie, so <laughs> I think he's going to be an anchor of this defense for years to come. And as you mentioned, you know the Eagles did trade for AJ Brown. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Huge fan. You know, the Eagles had three first-round picks all offseason. Everyone was raving about that. But deep down, we all knew we weren't going to keep all three. It's Howie Roseman we're talking about. He, he loves to make moves. You know, I think we did really well in the trade aspect of this draft as well, which is an underrated aspect of the draft. We got more capital for next year. We had two first-round picks. You know, we made a trade with the Saints. Yep. We got such a crazy young wide receiver in A.J. Brown, who's only 24 and has two 1,000-yard receiving seasons in a pat in a, a, a run first offense, which is exactly the kind of fit we were looking for. And now, you know, you have Jalen Hurts being able to throw to AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, not just Devontae Smith and a rookie. Yep. And I believe AJ Brown trading that first round pick, hundred percent worth it because he's better than any player you're going to get in this draft. So hundred percent worth it there. That's a great trade. Um, moving on to their second round pick. Um, Senator Jason Kelsey actually helped scout with this one, and he said this is his favorite player in all the drafts. Uh, Kim Jurgens out of Nebraska, loved the pick. He had he had similar measurables to uh, Tyler Linderbaum, as you said for the Ravens, who got picked in the first. Um, so I think it's, it's it kind of reminds me of the Dickerson move from last year, right. where he got picked in the second round, should have been a first rounder, and gave him a year to develop. And now he's going to be arguably the left or right guard, depending where, how he wants to use him, but starting for this year. So I think, you know, especially with Jason Kelsey's age, that that was a great pick. You know, you get your center of the future possibly. And, you know, it's been reported all of season that he wasn't going to get past the Eagles at 51 and they made that clear. And then you go to round three. This might be my favorite pick. N'Kobe Dean. He's a top 20 talent Mm -hmm. falling to the third. That's, crazy that's not heard of almost ever so that that could be the steal of the draft yeah for sure i mean the kobe dean i i saw tons of eagles fans kind of upset that they didn't take him with that second round pick instead of cam jurgens and then he falls to the round the third round no one really knows why he's fallen and hallie roseman just makes the pick and all of a sudden the eagles finally have potentially a game-changing inside linebacker and something i heard was the big reason he was falling was because of injuries, but by his own words, he says he's going to be ready to play. Now, he didn't get the surgery, so maybe I guess that's why, but maybe he – sure, he didn't get the surgery, but if he's going to be playing, what's the big deal? I guess maybe I don't know the situation fully, but it seems like a huge steal for the Eagles. Absolutely a huge steal. And, you know, there's those players every year that drop for unheard of reasons, but, I mean, by his and Howie's own account, like you said, you know, he's going to be ready for a mini camp. He's not expected to miss any time. So honestly, it's, we got a first round linebacker in the third. That's crazy. Moving on to the other picks. We had Kyron Johnson in the fifth and Grant Calcaterra in the sixth. Calcaterra, I, I was kind of surprised when we picked him, but you know, I, I like that pick. I knew how he was going to, you know, gravitate towards a tight end at some point. And Calcaterra is a good one. Only kind of fell. He's expected to get picked earlier and fell because of concussion issues. And um, touching on Kyron Johnson, I really like that pick. I, I actually didn't know who he was at first, had to research him, but he ran a 4-3, 4-3, like uh, low 4-3 as a linebacker. So he'll definitely be able to contend for some snaps at the Sam linebacker. And, you know, touching on those linebackers, you know, how he definitely made it a point to revamp the linebacker room, you know, brought in Hassan Reddick from the Panthers, brought in Kaiser White from the Chargers, and now Nakobe Dean from Georgia. Obviously, great three linebackers and we still have tj edwards in there too 
and you know going beyond the draft our undrafted free agent signings absolutely crazy some of these guys should have been selected as high as you know the second round and carson strong i don't know how he was still there qb out of nevada you know bring in some competition for hurts people were upset we didn't touch on the secondary how he did that in the undrafted free agent um portion of the draft he he still signed mario goodrich josh joby josh blackwell reed blankenship and then you sign a kick returner in Bretain covey great pick there noah ellis out of idaho love that pick i thought he was going to get drafted as early as the fifth round and brown qb ej perry that's a great pick too i also thought he was going to another two yeah four qbs now yeah qb factory you already know um want to move on to the packers now your team you you want to go first so, okay, the, I'll, I'll try not to bore the Eagles fans with the Packers talk, but I will try to make it as brief as possible. So for years now, Packers, all the national media wants to talk about is the wide receivers. Uh, we trade Devontae Adams to get the capital because if he had hit free agency, he would have left for the Raiders on his own. We needed to get something for him, so we tag him, we trade him to the Raiders. We bring in another first-round pick and another second-round pick, and I think Brian Gutekist, Goot, as all the Packers fans like to call him, he absolutely killed it this draft. He takes Quay Walker at 22. The Packers, probably their biggest hole was the second inside linebacker position. Devondre Campbell, he was absolutely phenomenal last year, but we needed just that one extra piece to shore up the run defense. And I think that's going to be, as long as Quay Walker, you know, he comes to play. Uh, coming out of Georgia, the best defense in the country, the national champions, I think he's going to be a really impactful player for the Packers. Now at 28, I will say, I did want the Packers to take a receiver. But it, and it worked out, as I'll get to with Christian Watson. But they take Dev- Devontae Wyatt, another Georgia guy. This is our third first-round pick from Georgia because we took Stokes last year. So they must love Georgia, as they should, because they proved it in the uh, proved it this year with their great season. But Devontae Wyatt, you know, I heard that he might have slid for character concerns. But to get a guy of his caliber, that talent, Kenny Clark's been doing it all by himself on that D-line for years to finally get some help for him and Devontae Wyatt. They also signed Jaron Reed as a flyer to a one-year deal, so I really like the moves we've made on the D-line. I really think all the pl- the holes in the Packers' defense have been plugged, and I think that the Packers' defense is going to be their biggest strength this upcoming season. Now, when it comes to Christian Watson, using those two second-round picks to trade up and get the number 34 pick, I love this draft pick because that's who, when, when we were on the clock at 22, Christian Watson was the best receiver available. We don't take him at 22 or 28, but we still get him in the second round. So in my eyes, we got three first-round picks, in, uh, but one of them was a second-round pick. And I think Christian Watson, he's the right kind of mold. He fits the mold for the Packers needed. A tall receiver, pretty fast. I think he's going to be our, maybe not the number one, maybe Lazard, just with his experience, keeps that. And but Sammy I, Watkins, too. Yeah, Sam, Sammy Watkins coming in. Um, I'm skeptical because he's always hurt, but I'm, I like that signing as well. Amari Rodgers will hope to develop. Obviously, Cobby's still there, everybody. Pat Aaron Rodgers loves Randall Cobb. But, you know, I really love the Watson pick, and I think he's going to be an impact guy, and he's going to join the likes of Devontae, Jordy, Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, James Jones, all these day two picks that became impact receivers for Aaron Rodgers. Even MVS on day three was solid enough that I think that was a win. So I trust the Packers front office when making these selections. And the last thing, I'm trying not to go into too much of a rant, but the last thing I'll say is, the two receivers everyone wanted the Packers to take in the first round were Dotson and Burks, and they were both gone before the 20s. So there's really no viable way for the Packers to get a receiver. So Goot didn't panic, and he takes Christian Watson. He trades up for him, 
and we get three great players. And as for the rest of the draft, you know, Zach Tom was something I, – I'll be honest, I didn't know really who he was. But everybody, including you, who uh, follows the draft closely, have told me that's a great pick. And the Packers, you know, their O-line has always been consistently good. And I think that's going to really help us long-term to keep the O-line going. I love the Romeo Dubes pick in the fourth round, another receiver, because we needed to take two. Now we have a lot of options. He's supposed to be a speedster type. I really like that pick. Sean Ryan, another guy, another O-lineman. We actually took him ahead of Zach Tom, but, you know, UCLA, we already got Kenny Clark. Now we got another UCLA player. Hopefully he can come through as a starting tackle. And then Penn State's Rashid Walker, we take in the seventh round, just shouting him out because he's a Nittany line. But we take seven uh, – we have four seventh-round picks, so hopefully – some of those guys can come through as well. Tariq Carpenter, the linebacker I saw, is actually a lifelong Packers fan, so it's cool to have him on the team as well. Take another receiver. So I was thrilled with our draft, and I'm really excited to see how the Packers look going forward. Maybe not a Super Bowl contender in 2022, but I think we've set ourselves up great long-term. You know, at first when they didn't take a receiver in um, the first round, I was like, wow, okay. Like yeah. I was kind of expecting that. But, you know, they, they continue that streak of not drafting a first-round receiver since 2004. Uh, Walker, great pick. Obviously, you, you touched on all of this, but I'll, I'll, I'll touch on it briefly. Why I feel like he's going to fit really well next to Kenny Clark. I think that's a great pick as well. So you get two defensive studs there in the first with your two first round picks. And then I agree with that Watson take. I think I think he had a first round grade by a lot of people. You know, he's six four and ran a four three six. He could become Aaron Rodgers' next favorite target. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully he does. I mean, I would love to see it. You know. I think that's also a great pick. And then two steals in the fourth round that you touched on. Zach Tom, you know, he's a really versatile lineman. He can play inside and out. So I think that's a great pick. And he has potential to become, you know, a quality starter. Same with Romeo Dubes. I could see him becoming a Jordy Nelson player. But if you don't want to stretch that far, I could see him becoming an MVS type guy. So that's 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 a really good pick there as well. And I also like, I don't know if you touched on him, but I I, I like uh, Kingsley and Nogbray in the fifth. I kind of had him greater uh, graded higher than a fifth round. You know, he's really long the end. So, no, you're all right. You're all right. I, I really like that pick, too. So, I, I mean, at first I was skeptical, but I took a step back and I was like, you know what? The, the Packers did have a really solid draft and, you know, they addressed a lot of needs. All right. Moving on to our last segment of the episode, we're going to hit it up with our draft superlatives. Who do you think had the best value pick of the draft? You know, someone that really stuck out to me as a value pick was Evan Neal for the Giants, just because for a while he was getting mocked, maybe even the, the Jags at number one. And, you know, I think the Giants were really shrewd in their ability to take uh, take Thibodeau at five, knowing one of the two tackles would be there. Because after the corners went, you knew those guys would be on the board. So, you know, they took Thibodeau, and then they waited seven to get Evan Neal. And, you know, you pair him with Andrew Thomas, who maybe hasn't got off to the best start since he was the fourth overall pick a couple of years back. But with hopefully Evan Neal coming in to be a franchise tackle, Andrew Thomas maybe might have – you know, less lesser pass rushers going at him, so maybe he'll play better as well. And I think this, you know, Dave Gettleman's finally gone for the Giants. I think they had a really solid two first-round picks in this draft class, but Evan Neal especially, I thought, was a great value pick. And I know Eagles fans won't won't like to hear this, but I think the Giants had a really good – made a really good move taking him. No, I mean, I have to agree. I think the Giants had a great first round. You know, they got two players in Thibodeau and Neal who were both mocked number one multiple times. So, and they got them at five and seven. So that's that's great value, obviously. And they did have a good first round. Um, but for best value, I mean, consensus, I believe, should be N'Kobe Dean. You know, you, maybe it's just because I'm an Eagles fan, but, you know, you get a top 20 talent again in the third round. That's just almost unheard of. But uh, beyond that, I'll go to... The Panthers, 
I'm going to say Iki Ekwanu at number six. I think, you know, he's been mocked higher than that. And if they had him, obviously, as their number one tackle because they passed on Evan Neal for him. But I think he does fit really well. And, you know, he's super versatile, can play inside and outside. And I think just with what the Panthers want to do with their offense, I think that's a great pick for them. Um, let's move to biggest reach on the flip side of that. Uh, you know, obviously, consensus should be Cole Strange. I feel like, you know, a third-round grade got him in the first. But uh, besides that, who do you think is the biggest reach? You know, I have to go with Kenny Pickett to the Steelers at 20. And we could have mentioned uh, Malik Willis for a for one of the best value picks because I think this quarterback class, a lot of people were talking about how it wasn't the strongest. But Malik Willis, he was expected to go as high as the top 10 maybe to the Panthers, the Falcons, what have you. And the Titans getting him in round three is really, I think, a great spot for him. He gets to learn under Ryan Tannehill. He's in a stable organization. And I'm not saying the Steelers aren't a stable organization for Kenny Pickett, but I just think for him to be the first quarterback off the board, I'm just not a fan of it. I think signing Trubisky was okay. I think they could have gotten away with him as the only quarterback in that room this year. I know Mason Rudolph as the backup, but Trubisky just could have been the starter, and then they could have uh, looked towards the draft next year when there's a lot better talent. In the in at quarterback, I think they should have waited a year to go after a quarterback. And I think Kenny Pickett. It always seemed to me, you know, maybe this is flawed logic, but it always seemed to me just him being from Pitt was the reason everyone wanted the Steelers to take him. You know, I read the thing about how you know the 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 Pitt like Pittsburgh University their training facility is right by the Steelers um, as well, and the Steelers executives got to see Pickett a lot more than other prospects, so that probably played a part in them taking him and they must have fell in love with him. But I'm not saying Pickett won't have an okay career at quarterback. I just think to stick your future to this guy who's, you know, he's already 23, 24 years old. Uh, you know, some Penn State fans make comparisons to Sean Clifford in terms of like, oh, Sean Clifford's going to have a, a Kenny Pickett year. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Kenny Pickett's better than Sean Clifford. But at the same time, drafting a quarterback that old already – uh, when he's not even necessarily that great. He wasn't even considered the consensus top quarterback in his class, and the class as a whole isn't considered that great. I just, you know, Steelers needed O-line help, I thought. I just wasn't a fan of the pick. I think the Steelers could have waited maybe nil next year to get a quarterback. No, I could definitely see that. And, you know, I don't know if many quarterbacks, maybe Willis, had a first-round grade. Um, so I could definitely see that being a little bit of a reach. But I, I do understand, you know, Pittsburgh wants to go find its quarterback. And obviously they liked him from day one. You know, if they didn't, he wouldn't be there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I understand that, but moving on, let's go to best fit. You know, I, who do you think, which player do you think fits their respective team the best? You know, I really loved the Kyle Hamilton pick. As I talked about earlier, the Ravens always have these hard hitting defensive players. They always have good defense. I think he's going to fit right in there with Baltimore. But another guy I just wanted to mention was Zion Johnson, the Chargers guard, because the Chargers, I think, have really been building up their O-line. Rayshon Slater turned into a Pro Bowl tackle as a rookie last year. Corey Lindsley, formerly of my Packers, he proved that it wasn't all the Green Bay system. He was a great center last year. Matt Filer, even, he's an underrated guard. He's actually cousins with someone I went to high school with, which I always bring up when I talk about Matt Filer, but I think it's cool that he's in the NFL. He's a solid player, and now he's not he, – you know, with Zion coming in, he he's going to be the best guard on this team. He's going to make Matt Filer's life easier. He's going to make everyone that Chargers O-line's life easier. And the Chargers, I love that they're really hammering home. we got to protect Justin Herbert. My guy, Bulaga, another former Packer, 
he might be a free agent actually now, but I know he's dealt with injuries with the Chargers, so I'm not sure about that other tackle spot for them right now. But other than that, I think this Chargers O-line is rock solid, and I think the Chargers made a ton of great moves. J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, and now Zion Johnson. I think they made a lot of big moves, and they could certainly be contenders next year. Yeah, Johnson, certainly a, a great scheme fit over there in L.A. Um, obviously getting Justin Herbert some much-needed protection. Uh, but for, for me personally, I'm going to head on over to Kansas City, stay in the division though. Uh, I'm going to go with Sky Moore in the second round. Not only is that a great value pick, but I think he fits exactly what the Chiefs want to do really well. And especially, this is exactly the, t- the type of player you want to get after uh, you know trading Tyreek Hill to the Dolphins like they did. Um, you know, Kansas City really, I, I feel like, almost revamped their receiver room oh, this year. Yeah. You know, they brought in Juju. They brought in MBS. They, I, I believe they still have Nicole Hardman. Now they have Sky Moore. I feel like part of, you know, a reason why at times they couldn't get success going in their offense is because you only had these two players, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, that were the center of the offense. But now you can kind of spread the ball around a little more. And with Sky Moore, I mean, he kind of gives you a little bit of what Tyreek Hill was. So I think that that's a great scheme fit, and you know Andy Reid's going to have a great time coming up with plays for Sky Moore in particular, and you can do a lot with him. And I could honestly see him evolving into a Tyreek Hill kind of player, but if not, maybe even a Debo Samuel kind of player. You know, maybe even put him back in the backfield back yeah. there. He has that kind of versatility. Um, moving on to our last topic of the day, we're going to go with biggest sleeper. Who do you think kind of fell a little bit, or you know, might might surprise NFL fans this coming season with their success? Yeah, I don't know, maybe not quite away this quite right away this season, but I think we killed the Cardinals earlier, but I was a fan of the Trey McBride uh draft pick because Zach Ertz, former Eagle of course, great player. He had actually was pretty solid with the Cardinals once he was traded there last year, but he's still getting older, I think, and the Cardinals don't have a lot of other options at tight end right now. They also need some blocking help. I'm not I'm not totally familiar with Trey McBride, McBride's blocking ability, but seeing as how he's the best tight end in this draft class pretty much by consensus. I imagine that he can at least block a little bit. So helping out the Cardinals run game would help, but also just being mainly the pass catching tight end going forward long term. I think just the tight end position in the past few years, you know, obviously Kyle Pitts was the high point, but I think the tight end position before this draft was going highly in the draft all of a sudden. It was being valued more. I saw that not happen this year, and maybe it's because the tight ends aren't quite as good, or maybe it's just because I don't know, it just fell that way. But I thought Trey McBride was a solid sleeper pick for the Cardinals, and it gives them extra depth and maybe long-term a really solid target. No, definitely. I, I, I agree with that, too. And why not have him learn behind a great tight end in Zach Ertz? You know, that's a perfect fit right there. Um, but for me personally, I'm going to head over to Buffalo. I'm going to go with James Cook. They snagged him in the second round um, out of Georgia, brothers of Dalvin Cook. I think that's a great pick for them. And honestly, I I could see him becoming the Bills running back of the future. You know, they have some sort of question marks around Devin Singletary, you know, Zach Moss. And I feel like everyone kind of, you know, knows this Bills offense is great. But the one thing that's constantly been holding them back has been the running back position. And they finally have a chance to fill that with James Cook. Um, I think that's just a really good fit for the offense and could eventually become the long-term starter in you know, next to Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. So I think especially behind that O-line, that's a great pick right there and uh, could be become the, the sleeper of the draft and especially could become a sleeper in fantasy if you want to look at it from that aspect. So, but that 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 about does it for this draft. Thanks for joining us, Joe.
appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Well, uh, that does it for the Philly Eagles Updates podcast, episode five. Uh, thank you all for listening and have a great day.